0: In a world that appears to make no linear sense, there is a time-travelling rabbit with an important agenda. What is it? No one knows, but it has something to do with basketball. Welcome to a reality where a famous pig actor turned despotic leader rules with an iron fist, and a psychopathic duck may be our only hope for salvation. Welcome to the Tooniverse. The Space Jam Continuum is a show where two brave souls attempt to create a cohesive cinematic universe out of something that was never meant to be one. Looney Tunes, from 1937 all the way to Space Jam. Why? Because in an era where all people want is a cinematic universe and reboots of all cartoons, we're the only ones with a resolve to combine the two. So join us every Wednesday as we explore the depths of the Tooniverse, slowly clawing our way ever closer to the 1996 classic. That's the Space Jam Continuum, every Wednesday at Kaiju.fm or wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, and we advise you start at the beginning. It's a good idea. Role players where theatrical people play role playing games. I'm, my name's Matt Boothman. I've been your compare for this studio production of Codename Mosaic Ghost Recall, where we've been playing Mission Accomplished by Jeff Stormer. Uh, I'm joined backstage by Strat. Hello. By Ellie. Hello. By Helen. Hi. And by Vicky. Hello. So, how's everybody feeling? I we need to have a debrief from the debrief now. <laughs> It was so much fun. It was really it silly was fun. It was yeah. fun. I was worried that it might be too close to home a little bit because a lot of us have had frustrating meetings before.
1: <laughs> it's very cathartic in that sense,
2: <laughs> yeah, it was fu- it was nice to act it out and um to be able to be playing a character that could call out the the awkward things about meetings because obviously, in real life, you just have to be like, ha ha, ha ha, It's all fine. <laughs> How
0: did it feel? Getting back into obviously th- these characters are from the Blackshaw saga uh, when we were all playing ourselves. How did it feel, sort of adopting those code names and those personas again?
2: For me, it was quite weird because it made me realize that my character, when I'm playing just the agent, is like a bit short and surly with people and not very interested in obeying the rules and the protocol. So, in this meeting debrief setting, like doesn't really have a lot of time for it, which was weird to play because a lot of the time when we were in mission, when we did the full series, my character was using the suave ability. So it was a lot of kind of chatting people up and trying to get information from people, which was in itself playing another character on top of the base character. So I'd sort of thought about this session in advance and thought, oh yes, I'll have to get back into the mind frame of, you know, being quick-witted and silver-tongued. And then realised, actually, my character doesn't really do that in in that base level of of protocol Yeah, like when she's not
0: undercover, when she's Mm. just talking to her actual superiors who know she's a spy, she can just say what
2: she likes. Exactly.
3: Um, It felt quite familiar to me in a way. Like It was surprisingly familiar to be like, oh, yes, this was nice to be Anvil, who's a bit like, oh, this is bullshit (laughs) the whole time. I think we had kind of played that mission in Mosaic a bit like that, where we had this like slight disdain for authority and the rules you know we wanted to play within the rules if we could but we were prepared to bend or break them when we felt like that was the right thing to do
0: standard spy fiction kind exactly. of attitude yeah. isn't it? absolutely
3: absolutely like at the end of the day the agency or equivalent always want you to be a cog in the machine but at the end of the day it doesn't matter how much training or programming you've had you are a human person with a moral compass and emotions. And I think this was a good opportunity to sort of explore those things around like where you can have like, well, here are the things that went wrong or here are the ways that people might have behaved. And then us having to like backwardsly justify those things and being able to say, Oh, well it would have you know, it could have happened like this or it could have been because of that was, yeah, was quite a nice way of like exploring a bit more about that character style that we'd done in the season which was we want to get the job done but we're not really that keen on playing by the agency's quite strict ridiculous handbook of rules that we don't think are actually that conducive to successful missions.
0: Helen this is probably your sort of longest single stint playing agent Banks because you were a you were an epilogue cameo in Codename Mosaic and then you slipped into that character a bit in Deja Vu but obviously, this was a straight couple of hours in that. So, how how was that for you?
4: Well, um, I hadn't really made much of a character, <laughs> and with um, déjà vu, I ended up with all my characters layered on top of each oh, other. Of course. So, I just, I maybe that's why I said some weird things. I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> just reweeled it.
0: Built it around pop culture references.
4: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, I had not yeah, I had a nice time, but um, I can't say that. Um, it's the most nuanced character I've ever played. <laughs> <laughs> I like her as like a kooky weirdo being a bit like,
3: I think it's just another version of having a disdain for the rules, right? Where you're like, I've come up with this creative idea of something weird I could do, so I'm just <laughs> going to go ahead and do it. Yeah, maybe. That's nice. That sounds like a justification. So, like thanks. I imagine doing this game, if everyone was like a really strict rule follower, like it just wouldn't it wouldn't be as good for you, Matt, in terms of like handing out those citations and accommodations and things it would like if everyone was like oh i can i follow the playbook flawlessly every single time it's not like it's not so fun like spycraft is better when people are playing fast and loose with the
0: with the. i mean this is this is the nice thing about the or or the nice slash devious thing about the way the game is designed like i'm sure we all probably clocked when we were reading out those seven habits of highly effective black ops agents that they contradict each other yes (laughs) Mm -hmm. so you can even if you're trying your level best to be by the book and following the protocol, you can't embody team spirit and personal development at the same time. So there's always something that I can be, I can give petty citations for. And I I presume we all realized by the end that there are no rules about when I give those out. It's purely arbitrary.
4: The only thing I noticed is that you give out citations when people speak. (laughs) Yeah, Helen was like, keep my mouth shut. (laughs) Um, Not that it worked out that well for me in the end.
0: Well, you 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 quote unquote won. You were, mm. but, uh, but did
4: but did I win? What did I just win? Wasn't much of a prize, was it? No.
0: Yeah, that's the that's Thanks. the um the comedy reveal at the end of Jeff Stormer's Mission Accomplished is that actually really you want to be going for second place. Second mm-hmm. place is what gets you the corner office. First place gets you renditioned somewhere for being broken. down. Like, it has other suggestions of like. <laughs> you you get sent to man your own space station on your own forever.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not, like a, not really a prize.
0: It's like it should always sound like a reward, but actually be a fate worse than death. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> Which actually, you know, is how most corporates reward people. <laughs> <laughs>
4: I feel like um, everyone else caught on to what was actually happening and how bad that was a bit quicker than I did. I was like, oh, what?
2: Well, <laughs> what? You were like, was... well, how would that work? Where would I actually <laughs> be? How would I use my credit card?
3: <laughs> like, sorry, Han. <laughs> you don't get the second tier rewards as well.
4: Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so Strat was like, Helen, how about? And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> OK. Say yes now. <laughs>
0: Uh, like part of the what the game wants is to have lots of situations where i'm sort of putting stuff down and saying explain this about something that you've never heard before and you're having to think on your feet so were there any moments for anybody where you had like panic brain and you're like uh how did i how do i honestly like for this
2: Right from the beginning, I felt like my imagination brain was shriveled like a raisin. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't think of any ideas. It's like if someone says to you, what's your favourite film? And then you're like, well, I can't remember any names of any films from the history of time. So I don't know. <laughs> um, so I, I really struggled to start with, um, which is why the first thing I said was I dropped my phone in the sea.
3: That became like, that for me, though, That that like sparked something where I was like, this could be like a small thing that actually turns out to be a really big.
2: Yeah. Well, I think like actually a really big thing. The good thing is that your brain does start to warm up as you get into the session. And then I was like, okay, I need to work my initially terrible suggestion in as something more interesting. And because we're pattern seeking beings yes. like those, mm-hmm. those, that ends up being
0: the explanation for multiple things as well. Yeah. And it ends up tied into other threads.
2: Yeah. It's like oh, please Lord, someone give me a callback. So it was, um, yeah, no, it, it was, it was fine, but it, it is, I think especially when you're playing a game that you've not played before, so you're not also like clued up on the mechanics, there's a lot of, um, initial or lack, or, or lack of mechanics. There's a, there's a lot of that just initial basic panic brain that happens.
3: I rely, I realize I rely so much on, well, I'll roll a dice And then Matt will tell me what the consequence of that is, or I will be able to say what the consequence of that is. And then I will go from there. And it was like, oh, actually, it's not like I'm not driving it in that way. It's going to be much more like, well, yeah, what's Matt going to say? Well, then this happened and you need to explain it. And then you're going, oh, that doesn't fit together with any of the things that I'd started to build up in my head.
1: And not just when Matt says stuff, but when someone says picks it up and throws it at you like a hippopotamus. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so Helen did trap you as many times as she possibly could. It was, it was very enjoyable to watch. You really nailed it, though. Yeah, Helen
0: was one of the only ones doing, like, throwing people under the bus, at least at the beginning.
2: And yeah.
3: I did get a citation. I was biding my time.
2: <laughs> you yeah. tried to take my sandwich. <laughs> In real yeah. life, before we started recording. <laughs> yeah, it's important.
1: I asked if I could have it. I did not try to take it.
2: <laughs> and I said,
4: "Stop being horrible to me," and you carried on <laughs> being horrible to me.
1: We're not playing anymore, <laughs> Helen.
4: So I made you with the hippo.
2: Well, I mean, considering that you were filled with such uh, fear and rage against Strat at the at the outset, I think he came off pretty lightly. I felt like there was a good few minutes in the middle there where everyone was like, "Yeah, Pigeon, you're so suspicious. Why are we doing all this really suspicious stuff?"
3: <laughs> that's because I had decided I I like I sent Matt a thing, being like. Yeah, they, they've turned pigeon. Like, yeah. she, she's had this opportunity to neutralise a key asset and hasn't done it.
2: I think I really um, sort of started playing into that quite early on anyway, because I decided that I was the one who'd got the wrong schematics, yeah. which was a big, like, suspicious thing to have happen at the beginning.
3: Yeah. I think it was good, though, because in, a, in any spy story, the person who is the one who has to go undercover and spend the most amount of time talking to the enemy assets is the one most likely... to be turned or to have to to there be some leverage or for them to get found Mm -hmm. out or to have to do something to protect themselves. So
4: you're you're the most at
3: risk for that. Like as a character, you're the most at risk.
4: So I wrote that you had the client list Oh, right, yeah. And didn't hand it over. Mm-hmm. So I think the reason why it felt that way was because <laughs> was. we pointed suspicion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because that was actually happening. But I written. think that is
3: also because of, like, it is opportunity. Like, when I was thinking about it, when I wrote my good thing and bad thing for you and for Helen, there just seemed so much more opportunity for you to have, you
2: know... Done bad things,
3: yeah, definitely. To have ...done bad things than, than Helen to do so. And that's of,
0: another function of how that, those anonymous reports work is that you can always end up with two bad things about the same person, two good things about the same person, you're not guaranteed to get anybody singing your praises. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: It's a clever way to do it.
4: Yeah, we we do love you, but in that game, we (laughs) turned on you.
3: (laughs) I had this idea, though, that Anvil was, like, throwing Pigeon under the bus on purpose to try to get the agency to excommunicate her whatever it is, or when it's not, Ooh.
2: the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> when, um, when it got towards the end and it was all these things had piled up that were suspicious against me, I started building another narrative in my head, which I wasn't sure was going to come out in gameplay or not. And it, it it didn't really in gameplay, apart from right at the end, um, that this was slightly a setup that we'd agreed as a team because I wanted out of working for the service because my complex backstory as featured in <laughs> the original full series uh, was that I was a con woman and had come off the back of doing a big heist. <laughs> oh yeah. I forgot about that. Yep. And that's how I'd been recruited. Um, that, that Vicky's character had, had had sort of talent spotted me as a, as an expert heist operative uh, and had, had picked me out to recruit into the service. So I think, and we'd always said that my loyalty to the service was minus one because yep. I was only doing it whilst it was good fun. I was on there. I was along for the ride. It was a thing to be doing that I wanted to do now. Um, but that I had no loyalty to the corporation. So I think it just hit that point where I wanted out and this was a good way to do it. So actually I, I've, i sort of backwritten it in my mind that, that all the stuff people were saying that was bad and the suspicious stuff and the drop phone and blah, blah, blah was all to build this picture so that I would be fired effectively, which is what I want. And of course, I'm also in love with Anvil and we're riding off yeah. into the sunset together. So that's yeah. nice.
3: I would come and get you, Play. arrange you some cover with my new, my new senior position with my yeah. special Black Nando's card. Yeah, you can support <laughs> my
2: lifestyle <laughs> with your Black Nando's card. <laughs> All the chicken I can eat. Oh my that's what God, it is, right?
3: It's, it's not the unlimited budget. It's just a Black Nando's card.
2: <laughs> <laughs> unlimited budget at Nando's.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what I wanted.
2: So, yeah, new
0: status quo for the Codename Mosaic crew. Uh, so, banks and tank topper on the lamb. Anvil is still technically employed, but also she- sheltering
1: pigeon. Mm-hmm. She, the thing that she does well, because, where, Vicky, wasn't it Anvil who knew about yeah. Helen and me and yeah, yeah. everything? Yeah, this is my
3: specialty. This yeah. <laughs> is This is what I do.
1: Anvil was also the guardian of my
2: original, original, real identity. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: I know everyone's like mm. I feel like it's the perfect thing about Anvil is that Anvil seems like a lone wolf but is really the essential team player.
1: Yeah. Mm. It's nice.
3: Just no one knows because if they know then they'd think oh Anvil's going to Anvil's going to know where Tanktop is. They're never going to ask me. They're never going to think I'm the one that's got pigeons, uh, you know, secret location in her new safe house. They
4: never suspect.
3: <laughs>
0: And of course, the, the service now has the technology to turn agents into digital internet ghosts. And also there, are, <laughs> there is at least one copy of Mosaic loose in the internet as well. So we're, yeah. this story is sort of going in a bit of a cyberpunk direction. <laughs> yeah.
2: I wonder if there's scope within the story that we've created for the fact that the copy of Mosaic is out there for us to have actually requisitioned it. Mm-hmm. Without the service knowing. I don't know why we would do that. Maybe we want to find some stuff out. Yeah. I mean,
0: when you have sequels to spy stories, mm. the bad guy becoming a reluctant ally is is a thing. It happens. Yeah. So yeah, you could have been cahoots. You could have released her, perhaps, and pulled the wool over Cassette's eyes. Yeah. A perfect yeah. back
3: door. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe we did. That does sound like us. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we know you interfered with that data cable. Jeez.
4: I didn't I don't know what cables do.
1: <laughs> they ride in the sky.
3: <laughs> Helen can do all manner of things with a cable you would never even imagine. Yeah,
1: give her a cable on a helicopter. Yeah, dangerous. <laughs> yeah. And,
4: there were, and I didn't know what um, craft I was in for a time because I kept thinking that the basilisk was a submarine. Right. Oh. <laughs> All the way through I was stuck on it being a submarine. Yeah. Like even like from when I first read the notes a few days ago. So that's why I was in a boat.
0: In a lot of ways if what they're aiming to do is tap into a, a cable a fiber optic internet cable that is on the seabed, it mm. would make way more sense for them to do that mm. in a submarine than in a hovercraft. <laughs>
1: Yes.
3: I just like the idea of a fortress hovercraft. You could just yes. like, go around stabbing the big uh,
4: you know, air cushion.
2: <laughs> yeah. There's
4: yeah. no excuse for me to have not really blown it up.
2: But I did think at one point it was a bit funny that you'd said something like um, when you were planting the bombs. And in my head I was like, how have you just left the helicopter? Like They don't just hover mid-air. You can't just leave it like on park while you, you go. Well,
4: and- <laughs> yeah, they have uh, autopilot.
2: One in Deja Vu did.
4: <laughs> I don't know that. Yeah, I did. don't know that that's true.
2: No, I don't think it is true, but but it can, it can be true in this world. That's fine. It could be remote operated.
1: Yeah, <laughs> or you could have just landed it on the helipad. That would be a bit suspicious, don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> Hello. They're <laughs> all distracted by the karaoke. Should be yeah. fine.
3: I take everyone out. It's fine. Yeah. yeah.
2: It, well, I mean, it is fine. It's, it's all fine. fine.
1: Hmm. Well done with uh, quips. I, I wrote the the quip thing in. Yeah, uh, I, used, oh, I so, knew that was you. So almost size septet, <laughs> like no. But yeah, I know.
2: And then you were like, "Oh, tell us your top three <laughs> I was like, so no I, "I was going to
1: ask if you didn't."
2: Uh,
3: but, yeah, yeah, no, I knew that was coming my way.
0: Mm. One of the things. So my my job in that coffee break section is to take all of the complications, uh, the main objective, and all of the anonymous reports, and put them in some sort of order, and um, note down any questions I have about. The events, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the "What would you have quipped if you could do it now?" question was one I had. Put well, I set you
3: right up for it by saying I had loads of them. Yeah.
1: Well, that it was. I I did that, and then the moment I sent it to Matt, I was like, "Oh crap!" They could totally turn that around back on me. I better have some ideas. And yeah. hilarious, one of them was just "booyah," which is essentially "suck it." Suck
3: it. Yep. The other, yeah.
1: Then I had three more. One of them was "say hello to your son for me," so I went yes. just as dark, nice as Vicky. <laughs> And then I had teal next time, Edward. Oh, that's good. <laughs>
3: teal next time. Oh, yes. I was thinking there's something with teal here, but my brain is just—you know—when you can't.
1: Yeah, that one took me a while. It. But my final one was just get in the Celix.
3: Yeah,
1: the Celix. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> I'm just doodling those as we were playing. Did anyone have
0: other anonymous reports that they were toying with but didn't use? Um.
4: Um. No, I didn't have anything.
2: Yeah, I think I did the two and then that was that. Yeah, I was worried about getting too repetitive with stuff that had already been talked about. Oh, I initially... The karaoke thing was... I initially thought that it could have been that um, tank top and Pigeon did a really good duet in the executive mm. lounge in order to advertise the karaoke competition, <laughs> and that it was really successful and made, made sure that lots of people joined up. So... That was my initial thing, but then I thought it would be more funny to specify what song and that you sang it on your own. So, Yeah, that was brilliant. That was a good one.
1: They were fun. They were, they were yeah, hard fun to think of because you wanted to leave them open enough for the person to do something with them, but not just seem too random or <laughs> kind of too open. Yeah. They were fun to think of.
0: Yeah. I think it'd be a really interesting game to replay because it it recommends keeping so much stuff from the players for comedy purposes, mm. like um the meaning of the commendations and citations and the the gag at the end about the top spot actually being the worst and stuff like that. So, like if if you played it again, you would already know that stuff. So that would be a, a kind of a different take. But mm. I wonder whether there would also be more tactical use of like blame throwing and praise yeah. taking and all of that kind of stuff or, or like as tactical as you can get when the games master role is intentionally just petty and arbitrary
1: yes because as a games master you could decide this person is trying to get far too many citations clearly they don't want to be first i'm just going to find random ways of giving them commendations and, and upping their score
0: Yeah, but then, yeah, it is totally down to the dice at the end. Yeah. You could have have Mm -hmm. loads of citations, loads of commendations, and the citations could just take them all out.
1: Yep. Yes, as you say, it is not fair at at the end. (laughs) I should have done much worse than I did.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least everybody had fun.
4: Yes, (laughs) definitely, yeah.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, something a bit different to do for us as well, a bit of a different format.
4: yeah.
1: Yeah, and it works so well in this format.
0: uh, Yeah, I I wanted to, um, I've no idea when this is actually going out, um, Mm. but I wanted to do this recording while we're still in lockdown because I thought it would work really well
1: in Zoom.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah.
3: Definitely. Definitely. Well done, everybody.
1: In a world of games that work generally best face-to-face, if people are looking for one that you can very quickly and easily do over a video call one night, this is superb. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well done, Jeff Stormer.
0: Great. Well, thanks everybody for playing.
3: Thanks, Matt, for hosting. Thank you. Matt.
0: Hope you're all going to take care of yourselves and decompress and and do something non-businessy uh, after we get off this.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Go for a walk.
0: Yeah. Yep. See yeah. the outside world. Yeah. Yep. Less officey. Great. Well, thanks very much. Talk to you all soon. All right. Bye. 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 This has been Codename Mosaic Ghost Recall, a studio production from Merely Roleplayers. It stars Ellie Pitkin as Agent Pigeon, Helen Stratton as Agent Banks, Strat as Agent Tanktop, and Vicky as Agent Anvil. Our theme music is a collaboration between Alexander Pankhurst and me, Matt Boothman. I also play Agent Cassette, as well as editing and producing the episode we were playing Mission Accomplished, the role-playing game of super spies and office meetings created by Jeff Stormer. You can find Mission Accomplished and many other fine games at jeffstormer.com. Merely Role Players is a Foggy Outline production in association with Blackshaw Theatre Company. Until next time, if drama be the food of life, play on!